This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Welcome to Betting Weekly Extra Time La Liga edition. You're with Dan Roebuck and editor of Football España, Rory Barlow. Three winning weeks on the spin for Rory. Although what we didn't predict, Rory, is Almeria's plus 600 victory over Barcelona last time out. In terms of the title race, though, with Real Madrid being held in the derby, they didn't take any advantage. If they had have done, the door would have been pushed open a little, maybe. Yes, I think it was, it was the way the games came around. It was obviously Atleti drew at the Bernabeu on Saturday night. And I think most people thought that that was the title race over, including Real Madrid. I think there was a lot of think pieces on Sunday morning about how they need to focus on the Copa and the Champions League. But having seen the Barcelona lose, having seen the kind of wobble they're on, I think there's a lot more hope in, in Real Madrid now. And there's optimism. Apparently, the WhatsApp group amongst the Real Madrid squad was buzzing on, on Sunday night when Almeria kind of took the lead and then went on to win. Um, but yes, just about recovered the feeling in my toes from the Bernabeu on Saturday. It was absolutely Baltic, Dan. Don't don't tell me it's cold in Spain. Don't just don't tell me that. In fact, I'm quite heartened that it is because I'm in the UK. So you know you can have a bit of our <laughs> weather. Uh, Barcelona with injury issues, suspension issues at the moment. What what's their story then? And Lewandowski not really scoring. What's what are the issues surrounding the league leaders? I mean, look, they're seven points clear. They're minus 835 for the title. They, they should get the job done, but there are question marks and, and players missing. Yes, I think, I, I said, I've been saying throughout that they will have a wobble and this is the most likely time for it to happen. In my view, they've got Valencia and Athletic Club coming up next in the league. They're playing a, an El Clasico in the Copa this evening and that before those two fixtures come before an El Clasico in the league as well at camp now. So these three fixtures could be pretty defining. Robert Lewandowski is out for a couple of weeks. He's got a thigh strain. They've got Usman Dembele, who's been out for a while, but he was kind of sustaining them in the absence of Lewandowski's goals. And then there's Pedri, and Pedri is the one that's been really focused on this week in Spain. The fact that in the league, Xavi's win rate with Pedri is 90%. Without Pedri, it's 57%, which goes to show you just how much of an impact he has on Barcelona. And I think... Beyond the missing players, there's a bit of tiredness. There's obviously a kind of a bit of mental exhaustion after the United defeat. I think these things catch up with you when you lose as opposed to when you're winning. You can kind of grind through. And so, so yeah, if they're going to have a wobble, it's probably going to be now, I think. And I, I've, I've left them off my kind of ticket this week because, because of that. And 
yeah, I think they're probably still strong favourites, but if Real Madrid do reduce that gap down to four at the end of March, then uh, it will get uh, squeaky bomb time, as uh, Sir Alex yeah. used to say. Yeah, Barcelona-Valencia is on the weekend slate. We've avoided it. Obviously, Barca playing tonight. Valencia got the win at the weekend against Larial with an own goal. So it's, it's going to be interesting, that game. No Lewandowski as well. The 10 to go unders on that. But we've left it off. Of course, if you guys listening uh, want to play, you are more than welcome. We're going to kick off our selections, and we've got five picks this week. Um, all 10 games, as per usual, stream live on the Bet Rivers app, Friday through Monday. We're going to kick off on Saturday, 2 p.m., Local time, 8 a.m. Eastern. This is Getafe against Girona. Getafe, plus 170. Girona, plus 195. The draw, plus 200, which is short. Quick work, a quick word on the relegation battle, Rory, because Elche down, no offers. After that, Getafe are second favourites. They're plus 100, so you double your money. But it's so tight at the bottom, and a win in this fixture for them could see them rise to 14th. They've only been beaten once in the last four. Have the bookmakers, have the... Odds compilers got it right with Hetafe. Are they the most likely outside of Elche to go down, in your opinion? I'll be honest. I think that they've got a pretty good chance of staying up just because they do have the quality in their squad. Kike Sanchez-Flores has been around the block quite a few times before. Um, and Hetafe have been one of those sides that I've backed. Either Kike Sanchez-Flores will get the reaction, as he did against Valencia a couple of weeks ago. They then went down to Villarreal this weekend. But... Either he'll get the reaction and he'll get the results or they will sack him and bring in someone and I think they'll get that new manager bounce. And I think Hitafe, they do have the the quality of squad there. They've got a striker in NS Unal who scores goals. So there's enough reasons for me to believe that they'll stay up. And I think if you look at the prognosis before the season, they were picked to finish around 14th. So by no means do I think they're out of it or do I think they'll come, they'll be sort of comfortably safe but yeah Hitafe for me I would back just to stay up I'd be I'd be worried about one of Caddy for Vyad leads I think one of them will end up mired in it and I'd probably back Caddy just about Um, and then the other side is up for grabs I think the likes of Almeria will be concerned but it it could be any of those teams really apart from Sevilla I think will get out of it I think Valencia will eventually too yeah it's a real scrap at the bottom and that's reflected in the odds on offer. As regards this game, we are siding with uh, Girona. Uh, they are scoring plenty of goals at the moment and their win at Athletic last week, was that their best performance, best result of the season, do you think? It was their best away performance of the season, certainly, and I think that factors a lot into the way that um, I've looked at this game because finally they have put that home form to good use away from home. And although Athletic Club are perhaps not on great form, it's still a good side that they beat and they were really kind of taking the game to them. They created a lot of chances. They could have had a few more goals. Alex Garcia has been tipped for many, but to be in the team of the season so far, they've got Victor Sagankov, who's just come in and added that little bit extra quality going forward. Uh, he, he's been pretty impressive in the early stages. I've gone Girona draw no bet at minus 105. That's where I'm Going with this game, you mentioned the goals. It's nine goals in their last two games. I think Almeria 6-2 the week before probably was their best performance of the season. And they were kind of, they'd kind of gone off the goals, off the boil a little bit with the goals just before that in the previous weeks. And I think it's kind of been a bit of a catch-up bottle situation where they've they've been trying and trying to get it out and then it's all come out at the same time and uh, it's really flowing now. They, as I, as I mentioned, they've got that extra bit of quality with Sagankov, they finally converted that home form into the away form. And if you're Hatafi, this is one of those games that you look at as 
we should be getting the points here. This is where our points can come from. But I think the way Girona are playing right now with such confidence, with such abandon, they're starting to open up a little bit of a gap to that relegation battle. So I think with the pressure on Hatafe, knowing how well Girona open up defences, I'm just not sure that Hatafe will be able to keep up with them in terms of in terms of goals. And they do tend to score. Another sort of angle that I looked at was over 2.5 goals. But I yeah, I just I'm not sure I see Hatafe winning this game because although they weren't bad in their defeat against Villarreal and they were not great against their in their win against Valencia, they they tend to kind of keep it tight. But if if the other side is actually on form, if the other side is actually playing well, then I yeah I'm, I've not got total faith in them to come out with a result. But I do have that insurance policy in there, and I think away from home minus one hundred five if if Girona win and draw you're not losing any money. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, Sikankov, incidentally, plus 1,400 to score first, plus 700 to score at any time, scored plenty of goals in his time at Dinamo Kiev before moving to uh, Girona at the start of this calendar year. Let's get to uh, Real, Madrid, uh, Real Mallorca uh, against Elche, which is Saturday, 6.30 local, 12.30 Eastern. Mallorca, uh, minus 137, Elche, plus 5. 50 the draw plus 245 here we've got to start with Elche um I don't know how we talk about last week's game because as the <laughs> the goals were were going in very early on I thought well that's a bad start to the weekend because um we 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 backed Betis it was one of our tips but then two red cards giving away penalties I, I mean their stats for red cards and penalties are incredible this season. I I don't know what to say about Elche. I mean, surely they look like they were going to win that game, but they've thrown it away again. You really have to feel for the manager, Pablo Machine. <laughs> At that point, you throw your arms up in the air and you're like, I can't do anything about this because this is just beyond beyond ridiculous. But yeah, that 3-2 three, three, defeat to Betis, as you say, they conceded three penalties in the process. Two red cards on the pitch, one for one of their bench players. So automatically, that's three players suspended that could have come into this game uh, against Real Mallorca. They just do find ways of losing games, Elche, regardless of how well they're playing. And they'd gone 2-0 up inside 10 minutes. I don't think this was a brilliant Betty's performance to get themselves back into it either. It, it's, it's just very hard to see ways that Elche kind of pick up results. And especially away from home, which is where I've kind of backed them here because we're backed against them here is because even though we've seen a bit of a reaction since Machine came in, I think the majority of those results have come at home or, or the majority of those performances away from home. It's three straight defeats. I've, they're missing players now, as I say. They've got, I think, away in their last five, they've got a balance of two goals scored, 12 goals, goals conceded, and one draw and four defeats. So that tells you that the reaction hasn't transferred away from home. And then Mallorca, who've been perfect at home. So that's that's pretty simple. Tino Caraguere scored last week. So that's an extra sort of source of goals, perhaps, um, coming blooming into, into position. Uh, and yeah, Mallorca beat Villarreal 4-2. They were relatively comfortable for parts of that game. And the only change in this game, which I think could trip them up, is the fact that the onus will be on them to attack and them to to kind of take the game to Elche, which is a bit different to to majority of their games, I'd say. But Mallorca at minus one three seven, it's it's really hard not not to get on board with that, even if the odds aren't spectacular. 
Yeah, solid enough, though. And for those that like a parlay, I would suggest including Mallorca in your calculations. Just to run through one or two of the specials for you, if you're on the Bet Rivers app and you're taking a look at these, a red card to be given, plus 215. Chev had 11. Penalty awarded, plus 240. Mallorca just to be awarded. A penalty is plus 400, and Elche have given 10 penalties away this season. So if you want to get one or two of the prop bets on side, then you are more than welcome, of course. Let's move on to Saturday, 9pm local, 3pm Eastern. Atleti against Sevilla here. Atletico Madrid, minus 139. Uh, Sevilla, plus 450. Draw, plus 265. Over and unders here. Over two and a half goals is plus 123. Under is minus 155. Atleti unbeaten in seven in La Liga. The last five, all under two and a half. Is this more like a traditional Diego Simeone Atleti side at the moment, Rory? Certainly, that's what I saw at the Bernabeu. I think that was the most impressed I've been with Atleti, even though they only drew with the match. They ended with 10 men. I thought they were very impressive. I thought they were very organised. They lost Reynil Domandava, who's their best defender and probably their second best player this season. And that's going to be a huge loss because he's out for the rest of the season. But they didn't really seem to notice it against one of the best, well, against the best attack in the division. So that tells me that something's changed, that there's been a little bit of a click. I saw some uh, entertaining reporting coming out of Madrid this week about Joao Felix and how he was there for four years, but only is in contact with two players in the Atleti squad and how, frankly, everyone was just a bit fed up of him. And the fact that he's now no longer there has, has helped the atmosphere They've not conceded more than one in 2023. They've got five clean sheets and eight. They've just been pretty solid. And and right now that's enough when you've got Antoine Griezmann in the form that he's in. Another assist last week. He's edging towards that 50% mark for goals scored or assisted for Atleti in La Liga. I think it's at 47 now, despite the fact that he's only played about three quarters of the minutes. Uh, where I've gone this game is Atleti to win plus under 3.5 goals. That gets you plus 118 back. Sevilla, I mean, I, I've spoken on this podcast about how they turned the corner a little bit for me, and I think that is right. But away from home, as we were saying about Elche, that reaction hasn't quite followed. They've two defeats in two. Away from home in 2023, I think it's one win, one draw, and four defeats. That win was against Alaves in the second division in the cup. So they've not really got a great record away yet, so to speak. And I think Atleti will be feeling good about themselves after the derby. This is a Sevilla side that will be helped by the fact that they've had a midweek break, which they didn't at the weekend when they were beaten by Osasuna. But there's still holes in this side, in the Sevilla team, even though they are starting to score a few more goals. They're coming up against an Atleti side that is solid now. It's stubborn. And I think Sevilla will concede. So, so yeah, under 3.5, I expect this to be tight and cagey, as tends to be the case with Atleti. But I expect them to just pit Sevilla. So yeah, plus 118 Atleti to win under 3.5. 11 of Atleti's 12 wins this season have been under three and a half. So if you do fancy Atleti to win, get under three and a half as well to boost your returns. Just a word on Antoine Griezmann. He is favourite to secure the most assists over the course of the season. We tipped up Dembele at the start of the campaign. Dembele is out at the moment. Uh, you could do worse than have a bit of a saver at minus 112 for Griezmann and in terms of his overall play if you look at the shots market here over 0.5 shots so just one shot on target is minus 162 two shots on target on more is, is plus 275 is is he playing the best of his athletic career at the moment is that fair 
he's certainly if he's not at the level where he was in kind of 2018 or so then he's he's just below it he's he is everything to them right now in my view in, in terms of attack he's the one that directs it he's the one that moves people around you look at i think it was goal scorer any time this game or, or first goal scorer i'll just bring that up two four five any time plus 550 first goal scorer which aren't bad odds either because he takes the set pieces now so you're looking at assists uh, there as well he's yeah he, he's playing very very well for me and he's one of the most enjoyable footballers to watch in the division i'd say i'd probably stick with dembele just about because once we get into those final stages, if Barcelona start to become a bit more free-flowing again, he's got Lewandowski to play with, and, and he tends to convert the chances, whereas Griezmann doesn't quite have the same firepower in his side for, the, for that kind of assist market. But certainly, if if it isn't Dembélé, then I'd definitely back Griezmann if, if you're thinking that Dembélé might not recover from injury quite right. He should be back um, for the Clasico on the 20th of March, and then going forward from April, he should be fit. Just looking at FBREF's uh, website, which I think take Opta. Um, you might have to check that. And obviously, all these stats uh, are settled via Opta. Griezmann, seven assists for the season. And Mikel Marino of L'Areal, seven assists for the season. Dembele's got five at the moment. Uh, Alice Garcia of uh, Girona, who Rory was talking about, or briefly mentioned previously, also on five. Lewandowski's got five as well, which I didn't realise. So it is fairly tight. Griezmann is the favourite in that particular market. Uh, for top assist maker in La Liga this season. Just going back to this, though, Atleti and under three and a half goals, plus 118. Real Betis against uh, Real Madrid uh, next for us to preview. This is Sunday, 9 o'clock local, 3 p.m. Eastern. Real Madrid is short at minus 127. They are involved in the Copa del Rey Clásico against Barcelona uh, tonight. A word on Betis first, though. Lucky, even though it served our purpose to beat... Uh, Elche, they're plus 225 for top four at the moment. I don't know what to make up, but it's got a big game against Manchester United. I, and I know they've been in European competition previously. They've played Champions League previously and they've got to quarterfinals previously. But given what the Premier League has become and given it's Manchester United, is this their biggest knockout tie that they've ever played in Europe, Rory? It's a good question, actually. Mm. I haven't quite thought about I've it I've like just that. been looking at... I've just been looking at some of the games that they played in. Uh, look, they played... Knockout game last season against Eintracht Frankfurt. They played Chelsea uh, in the old Cup Winners' Cup back in the late 90s. But just given what modern football is about, and the point I'm making, I guess, is will the players, will the fans be looking forward to that game against Manchester United? Will their attention be off Real Madrid or because it's Real Madrid and because it's Real Madrid at home, they'll be up for it as per usual? The, the one that I recall that perhaps could be bigger was when they played Sevilla in the UEFA Cup or Europa League. Yeah. In the knockout tie, yeah, that that's was, true. Um, carnage, that's to, to, yeah. to say the least, in Andalusia. I, I think it yeah. was a, a war zone. But apart from that, in terms of foreign opposition, yeah, you could certainly make that argument. Do I think they'll be distracted? Possibly not, because honestly, I think they've just been scraping by as it is, and that's it's more. We were kind of talking about whether we should sort of touch Real Madrid or Barcelona this weekend at all because of the classical, because we're recording before that, but. This bet is based more on Betis. And the big news is that Canales will be out for this game as well. He's ruled himself out. He says he'll maybe be back for Manchester United. Well, he, that's what he's aiming for. But Fakir has torn his ACL as well. And uh, he's out for the rest of the season, which I think that plus 225, although it might look tempting based on where they are points-wise and based on yeah. where they are in the season, 
that would uh, steer me a little bit away from that because that's a major injury. And if you think that Iglesias' goals have dried up a little bit in recent months, Canales, fitness issues, that's kind of their triumvirate of production there. So, so yeah, I, I'm staying away from Betis on this one. I like Real Madrid to win at minus 127 because if you look at their recent form and if you think about the games they've been playing, what I've seen is that they kind of beat the teams that they they're supposed to beat, but once they come up against opposition that's better than them, uh, then they tend to struggle. And and Real Madrid are better than them. They do have the resources to beat them. You hark back to the Barcelona game, <clears throat> which Barcelona won two one. Real Madrid, I mean Barcelona didn't play all that well, but they did compete. They hit Betis on the counter a couple of times, got the goals, and I could see a very similar thing here. I think Betis at the Benito Villamarín were always going to put up a fight here. They're always going to sort of give it a go against Real Madrid. But right now, in the state that they're in, with the kind of thinness of squad that they have, I just can't really see a way past Real Madrid here. So I think Real Madrid, obviously, classical to coming off that. But do I expect them to drop two points in a row, two games in a row? Probably not. So yeah, at minus one, two, seven, I thought was just a bit too tempting. Yeah, fair price, I think. Value play and Real Madrid not in action next midweek in the Champions League. It's the following week, or midweek, of course, for Carlo Ancelotti's side. Um, finally, Osasuna Celta Vigo. This is Monday, 9pm local, 3pm Eastern. Osasuna plus 170. They are the favourite. Celta Vigo plus 190. Draw plus 210. Again, the over and unders here for two and a half goals. Very much unders is the look from the traders. Minus 186 under two and a half goals, over plus 150. So we're not expecting a lot here. Osasuna hadn't won in La Liga since mid-Jam prior to their success at Sevilla last week, which scuppered our bets, certainly. But like last week, when I said that opposing Osasuna was the best bet on the slate, I still think opposing Osasuna is the best bet on the slate this weekend. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not wrong. Two weeks on the spin. Look, they, they won in midweek in the Copa. Uh, last night. So they've got that slender advantage against Athletic Club. Uh, but I still think that their focus is going to be on the cup. And obviously the second leg doesn't come up for ages, does it? So it, they might sort of, it might be a bit of a mental letdown and sort of reassess where they are. They're not going to get involved in the relegation battle. They can then start to build towards that that Copper semi-final second leg. How do you see this one, Roy? Yeah, I think you're kind of spot on there, Dan, in, in the way you're going with your analysis. I think obviously, even though that second leg isn't for a while, the kind of mental exhaustion and the what they've kind of put out on the pitch against Athletic is really going to come into play here to a certain extent. It helps them that the game is on the Monday night. But if you think that the game against Athletic Club was one of the biggest in their history, it was absolutely rocking in Pamplona. The atmosphere was electric. Then you go into a game that against a kind of mid-table side on a Monday night and it's freezing cold in Pamplona it's it's not quite as appealing neither for the fans nor the players themselves. So how do you kind of motivate yourself to get back into it? Also sooner are well-worked sides, they're consistent, they're organized. So I don't think this will be a, a sort of win that's comfortable for Celta by any means. I've gone Celta draw no bet at minus 105 because I do just think Celta are one of the most informed teams in La Liga right now. Sam Leverage, who's one of my colleagues, was writing an article and was saying that since Carlos Carvajal came in, I think they're fourth in the table um, if you just take it off those dates. So that goes to show you just how well they're doing. Gabri Vega got two goals and an assist last weekend. He's really kind of coming into the spotlight. The fact that 
They now have a distraction from Iago Aspas. Once you have, it's a point I've made with Vinicius a lot this season. If you have two players that are both really good, that makes such a difference or both in form because then the defense has to plan for two different people to double up on two different people to to funnel you down two different or away from two different directions. Whereas if it's just one, it becomes relatively simple. But the fact that they have that kind of multiple, uh, those multiple layers of threat really works for Celta for me. Their away performance against Real Sociedad where they drew 1-1 against an impressive Real Sociedad team as well. I, I fancy them to win this game and I've put the insurance in there because Osasuna are a good team that I like and I like their manager and I think that they rarely give up any game. But uh, but yeah, I do fancy Celta in this one and I think um, only two sides have kept them out in, in recent games. They've got eight goals in their last four. They're starting to really motor up the table and against an Osasuna side, as we say, coming off that emotional kind of outlay, I, I think Celta's should be maybe not narrowly favourites, but I, I'm backing them here. Uh, Gabby Vega, incidentally, eight goals this season, plus 11.50 to score first, plus 5.40 any time. He's 20, uh, 21 in May. Where's he been hiding? Just looking at some of the stats, I presume, from the Celta Academy, um, but this is his breakout season. I know 20 still young, but... You're generally thinking if you're going to have a significant career uh, at a top flight club, you, you you might be breaking through a little earlier. I don't really know. What what do we know about him, Rory? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think this is part of maybe the issue in inverted commas is that we really expect these players to develop much quicker. And I think the way that the football timeline and the way that the pathway is for footballers now, they do develop quicker than they did 10, 15 years ago. But let's not remember that Xavi, Andres Iniesta were kind of just breaking into the side when they were about 23 and, and they went on to become kind of regarded as some of the best footballers of their generation. So I think Vega's got time. He is, in my mind, well, he came through kind of playing either up front or just off the striker, had a lot of freedom as probably the best player in his team as a as a younger player. Then as you come into the senior side, you always get flung out wide, stuck on the wing, and then asked to to do some hard yards, tracking back the other fullback. That's just the way it is if you're a creative player these days. And I think Vega obviously had to deal with that. Now he's kind of settled into the side. He's got a bit more of a structure around him that benefits him. And uh, yeah, I think the way that we've been speaking in Spain the last week is that he could go on to get a call up for the Spain side. I think he could really certainly make Champions League level at some point in his career. Um, and he's he's really promising. And the fact that he can score goals from midfield, the fact that he has different types of finish in his locker, that's going to really catch the eye of, of people, scouts, fans, and, and probably bigger clubs too. Indeed, which is inevitable if you're scoring goals in La Liga, as he is at the moment. Um, just a reminder, we're inching up towards breaking even. Uh, another winning week last week, um, which means that we're not too far away now. Let's just rattle through the tips. And then I'm going to ask Rory, before we sign off, for his thoughts very briefly on the Spanish sides in the Europa League. I know it's a different podcast. I hope Nigel isn't listening. <laughs> Actually, no, I hope he is listening right to the end. Ideally. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but Betis, Sociedad, uh, Larial and um, uh, Sevilla all in action this week. So brief thoughts on, on which Spanish I might do the best from Rory after I've rattled through the tips for you once again. Uh, Osasuna Celta on Monday. Uh, Celta, draw no bet, minus 105. 
We like uh, Real Madrid to get the better of Real Betis at minus 127. Atleti against Sevilla. We've got Atleti to win under three and a half goals, plus 118. Uh, Mallorca at minus 137 could be the cornerstone of many parlays this weekend. I reckon they face a doom Delce. And uh, first up for us, at least, will be Saturday, 2 o'clock, local 8 a.m. Eastern. We like Girona. Draw no bet at minus 105 in their game uh, against Hetafe. I thought there's some tough draws, really, uh, for Spanish sides. Um, even Fenerbahce for Sevilla will not be easy with the first leg at home in Spain, second leg away in Turkey, and then Real Betis against Manchester United and Larial at, at, at Roma. Spanish sides have done so well in the Europa League since its inception. What are your thoughts? What are your hopes on those teams next midweek, Rory? Honestly, the side that I'm mo- I have most faith in, even though I think they've been... Pretty awful in La Liga of late is Villarreal because they're playing Anderlecht in the Conference League. This is the Conference League. <laughs> get get really into the nitty gritty and Anderlecht are ninth in the Belgian League, which is about where well Villarreal have just moved up to seventh, I think, in La Liga. So comparatively, I think Villarreal should have a strong advantage there. La Real against Roma, on paper, they're probably more difficult than Fenerbahce, but I think given where the two teams are, I'd back them to give Jose Mourinho's side more of a game to be perfectly honest and and Roma lost to Cremonese 2-1 who hadn't won all season on Tuesday night I believe so that's right so yeah there's um there's certainly room for speculation there I think uh, Real Sociedad I I quite like them in this tie I think they'll probably not have enough to go to kind of the semis or the final of the Europa League but against ties that in games that are evenly matched I think they've got a decent enough shot and uh, against a Roma side that will obviously has he has a lot of experience in Europe and he has a lot of kind of nous and know-how and perhaps Real Sociedad don't have that. But I, I think they'll give him a really good game and in particular in San Sebastian, I think it could be an absolutely rocking atmosphere. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we'll have full analysis and previews of all of the Europa League and Champions League action next week. So make sure you stay across all of the Bet Rivers content at Because We Win. From myself, Dan Robbock, and from Rui Baldo, though, it is goodbye. And uh, hopefully, your bets will be successful over the course of this weekend. We will speak again uh, next time around. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs> 